And so I just had this confluence of events where the highest of high of like having a new child who we didn't think we could have in this, I don't know how like spiritual people are, but like I, I kind of consider it a miracle after a decade of thinking that it wasn't even possible for us. And at the same time, watching my cousin who um, kind of did everything right and she was in the process of dying. And then, like I said, she actually passed the month before my daughter was born. And it really kind of made me just question everything and say, like, you know, you only have one shot at life. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends. You only get one shot at life. And after experiencing both a life and a death in his family in a pretty short period of time, that became the motivation to change the course of his life for physical therapist Chris Mamula. Since then, he has made financial independence and the FIRE movement his life's focus. In our interview, we talk about that aha moment that made him see money as more than a means to pay for stuff and get his best tips for how we can all prioritize ourselves by choosing financial independence. I also really enjoyed the preview Chris shares of his new book, Choose Fi, Your Blueprint to Financial Independence. Here is Chris Mamula. Hey, Chris Mamula, you are a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here. Congratulations on your book, Choose Fi, Your Blueprint to Financial Independence, which you, your co-authors, I should say, are Brad Barrett and Jonathan Mendonca of the Choose Fi podcast. Tell us a little bit briefly about it. Yeah, so the book is based on interviews from their podcast. And what they do is they've taken, it's kind of become popular in the last couple of years, but the FIRE, Financial Independence, Retire Early Community. And they've taken a lot of different personalities. And uh, what we try to do with the book is I think a lot of times people look at it as this extreme lifestyle of extreme frugality or people with really high salaries or living in a van or something extreme. I think they missed the point that this is pretty applicable to normal people. So what we do is take a bunch of stories and we take out the common principles and make it so it's applicable to anybody, no matter where you're at in your financial journey and something that you can learn from. And uh, really, it allows you to transform your finances. And in doing so, you can transform your life. We're going to circle back to the book. And I'm going to ask you later in the episode about how you would amend the book given the coronavirus pandemic. But first, I want to get to your money story. And it was triggered by a confluence of events when you were about 35 years old. Tell us your money story, Chris. Yeah, so it's kind of funny that I'm on the financial grown-up show because I spent like the first decade of my adult life doing everything to avoid being a grown-up. The only motivation I had at all for learning about finance was how to escape work. And I wanted to basically be a ski bum or a climbing dirt bag. And that was kind of my motivation in life. Um, my wife and I, we were married right after I got out of grad school. And we didn't think we could have kids and so we were just looking for a way to escape the normal lifestyle. We were kind of in the process of doing so. We were going to move west in, this was probably 2012. My wife had a job offer in Utah with a company that manufactures ski gear and climbing gear. And it was kind of like this dream thing. And I was just going to quit my job and we were going to wing it. And we had no idea what we were doing financially. And uh, after a decade of thinking we couldn't have kids, we found out she was pregnant. And so that was the first shock. So we decided to kind of stay local where our family was. So they could help us raise her and just have some support and also so we could figure things out financially. 
And at the same time this was happening, um, my cousin and one of my favorite people in the world, um, she was diagnosed with cancer and she had multiple kids. And so we were really involved with helping her and helping her family. She ended up passing away about a month before my daughter was born. And so I just had this confluence of events where the highest of high of like having a new child who we didn't think we could have in this, I don't know how like spiritual people are, but like I, I kind of consider it a miracle after a decade of thinking that it wasn't even possible for us. And at the same time, watching my cousin who um, kind of did everything right and she was in the process of dying. And then, like, like I said, she actually passed the month before my daughter was born. And it really kind of made me just question everything and say, like, you know, you only have one shot at life. And uh, I wanted to be there for my daughter. And I still wanted to live this dream of pursuing this outdoor passions that I had. And so how could I figure out how to just build a different way of life? And that's what kind of drew me into this fire community. And uh, we ended up doing that. First of all, I'm so sorry for the loss. And I can only imagine how painful that must have been. What changes did it inspire in you specifically? I know we can make a blanket statement. It brought you into the fire community, which is financial independence, retire early. But what specifically changed because of the birth of your daughter and then the loss of of your cousin? Yeah. So something we write about in the book is um, this idea of having an awakening. The gentleman who kind of, uh, his name is Dominic Cortuccio, who discussed this concept when he was on the Choose a Five podcast. Uh, But he talked about how, like a lot of times we're aware of things, like we're all aware that eating a terrible diet is bad for us or smoking is bad for us. Awareness, though, generally doesn't drive people to change their behavior. And you need to have this like traumatic incidence to have an awakening. And I think for me, that awakening was just uh, stepping back and these things that I've been avoiding for the first decade of like figuring out my finances and figuring out how to design a different way of life. It was always there. It wasn't like uh, it wasn't out there, but I just never went looking for it. I didn't, I don't think I was dissatisfied enough, I guess. And then when I saw, like I had my daughter and I had this opportunity and I watched my cousin pass and it kind of made me just get serious. And so I went out and I started finding this information. Like I said, that was there all along, but until I had the awakening to go pursue change and actually take action, I was just kind of drifting through life and I was following really bad financial advice because I never questioned anything. I just always uh, assumed that it was too hard for me and you needed an advisor and, and I couldn't figure this stuff out. And what I found, it was really quite simple uh, once I took the time to sit down and just devote a few hours to it. Uh, but I wasted a decade and tens of really hundreds of thousands of dollars in fees and taxes by following bad advice because I never took the time to learn and to become a grown up. And you were married at this time. Tell me about your wife's role in all of this. Was she on board right away? Had this been something that previously had caused friction in your marriage, the financial, maybe just not paying attention to your money? My wife and I, we were kind of always on the same page financially. A lot of people think that to become wealthy, you have to come from wealth. And we were definitely not that story. Uh, I think our biggest advantage is both of us came from fairly meager backgrounds financially. And so within a year or two of starting my career as a physical therapist, I just kind of became, I guess I would say, disenchanted with the American medical system. And I knew I wanted out. And so for me, saving and becoming this dirtbag ski bum, it was just a way of a totally different way of life. It was kind of a way of escape. For my wife, she came from a, a similar financial background, but her family struggled a bit more than mine. And for her, saving was just safety. So we always saved. We lived off one salary and saved the other. So we were always doing well there. We just never took the time to learn the technical parts. And once we did start learning, I mean, we were able to save ten dollars to $20,000 a year in unnecessary taxes and fees that we had been paying without losing anything of quality. So it definitely didn't cause any friction. We were on the, page, on the same page there all along. Give me one example of something that, that you changed after your daughter was born. 
So when we started investing, really the only option we had when we started was to use a, um, a commissions-based advisor, meaning they're paid on commissions for selling you products. And so the advice he gave us was to invest with him because he could have, quote, better options than we had in our 401k plan. So we pa- bypassed that 401k plan. So just in income taxes every year, um, we were saving enough we could have maxed them out, but we left probably $20,000 on the table, if not more. And at a 25% tax bracket, like right there, if it's $20,000, that's $5,000 in, in income taxes. And then you're investing it in a taxable account. Uh, so there, now you're going to start generating taxes on your investments, which would be protected if they're in that account. So now we're, we're talking about extra taxes there. And then over time, those fees, because the account adds up, the fees that are uh, charged on the assets in that account start to add up. So again, like it was between ten to twenty thousand. I, I actually broke down in a blog post like how much we were paying, and it was ten or twenty thousand dollars a year just for bad advice. And it wasn't like we did this one time or we got ripped off. We just it kind of made sense the way he talked. It, it made sense, and we bought into it, and we did this for a decade. All right, so that's obviously one lesson. Let's get into your your lesson from the money story in general for our listeners. Yeah, I think the lesson there is I think a lot of people they wait for that cancer diagnosis, the divorce, the death, the, something like that to kind of shock them into making changes. What I want to kind of convey and what we're trying to convey in the book is that you don't have to wait to have disaster strike to have this awakening. If you have this awareness and then you, but then you see that there is a different possibility on the other side and you know which steps to take, uh, you can start to make change on your own. And, and that's really what we encourage people to do. And that's the lesson I would like to convey. I think that's an excellent lesson. Let's get into your bunny tip. You say, stop buying gifts and do this instead. Figure out what is that thing that lines up with your values. And so for us, it was travel. Instead of taking the time and the money to buy things for gifts, uh, we really took that time and applied it to scheduling vacations and to plan vacations. And we took some big trips. So uh, again, like I think a lot of people think, Fire is an extreme lifestyle where you give up everything. Uh, on our path to fire, we've been to Africa. We climbed Kilimanjaro and did a safari. We've been to Australia and um, dove the Great Barrier Reef. We've been to the Super Bowl. So we've done a lot of things that we valued. We value experiences and we value time together. So we spend our time on those type of things. So basically spend time together instead of just purchasing items. Yes. Well said. I want to talk briefly, go back to your book. As I mentioned earlier, I wanted to ask you, what chapter would you add to this book now that we are in this unique situation of the coronavirus pandemic? Look, the stock market initially went down, but as we are recording this, it is back to pre-pandemic levels. And I should mention, by the way, this book was released in 2019, late 2019. So that's pre-pandemic. What chapter would you add to the book at this point if you were writing it now? Yeah. So related to the pandemic, I don't think I would change anything at all. I think that even more so than ever right now, that this kind of really drives home the importance of not living paycheck to paycheck, um, not being vulnerable, uh, not being drowning in debt where you can lose your house or you can lose your lifestyle because the world shuts down for three or six months. I think a lot of people thought the fire community was going away when this happened, when the stock market started dropping. I think this just reinforces the principles that we teach more than ever, uh, and it shows the importance of being prepared. Uh, So I wouldn't change anything there. If I could add in one thing related to other current events with the whole racial environment in the world right now, before the book came out, when I announced it on my blog, 
Uh, the one thing I wish we could have done differently is with, with this book, we really wanted to make this concept of fire accessible to people that maybe started saving late and they saw people retiring in their 30s and say, how does this apply to me? Well, it applies absolutely if you can save in that decade from 20 to 30 or 50 to 60. And it applies to lower earners and higher earners. And we tried to have different stories in the book. But just because we based it on the first year of that Choose FI podcast and the early adopters of this FI movement tended to be white, male, engineers, like analytical minds. And uh, as their podcast has gone on and evolved, they've really had a lot more diversity in lower income women, people of color, all these different backgrounds. But we just weren't able to reflect that in the book. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Where can people find out more about you, the book, the podcast, and all the social media connections? Yeah, so I'm not very active on social media, but the best place to find me is at my blog. It's caniretireyet.com. And uh, I'm very responsive there if anybody wants to reach out. And I would love if people would check out the book. The book is Choose FI, Your Blueprint to Financial Independence. And it's available on Amazon or anywhere you would buy books. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being here. And thanks for having me. Here we go. Financial grown-up tip number one. And this may sound a little bit harsh. Okay. While I am not part of the Financial Independence Retire Early Movement, aka FIRE, I am a big advocate for not spending your life at a job that makes you unhappy just for the money or the prestige. But I do also want to remind everyone that your dream job, which maybe is doing really good things for people that you feel really good about, is actually not a dream job if it doesn't pay you well enough to live the lifestyle you want. And be honest about the lifestyle that you want, my friends. Give yourself permission to take a job for the money within reason. Don't be totally miserable. Don't get me wrong here. But if the money gives you the freedom to do the stuff you want to do outside of work, it's called work for a reason, guys. That's okay. Work can be a means to an end, meaning get you to the way that you want to live. Things you love to do but don't pay are called hobbies. Financial grown-up tip number two. If you're thinking about or are part of the FIRE movement, I admire your ambition and your drive. I don't have it in me to do the kind of sacrifices that so many of you make. But for the millions of people who are struggling just to pay their bills right now as we go through this historically painful recession, please be gentle on yourselves. Not everyone can save 50, 60, or 80% of their salary, even if you read every book on financial independence and do everything you can to adhere to the FIRE approach. Sometimes just making ends meet is pretty amazing too. So cut yourself a break. On that note, you guys are amazing. And I've loved doing 299 episodes so far of this podcast for you. All I ask is that you take a few minutes and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on any format that you're using any channel you're using to listen to this, and maybe recommend this podcast to a friend. I'm trying to grow my audience, and if we're being honest, it's hard to get discovered. Please help people discover the Financial Grown-Up Podcast. Separately, DM me your thoughts, and please follow me on Instagram at BobbyRebel1 and on Twitter at BobbyRebel. I would love to hear from you guys, and definitely go to my website for the show notes, BobbyRebel.com. You can also get on the grown-up list for free on my website. Best wishes and big thanks to author Chris Mamula of Choose Fi, your blueprint to financial independence, for helping us all be financial grown-ups.
Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.